Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. are watching right now, please listen to me. Heed my words that you are not alone in, in, in this, you know, situation. There are other ways out. Um, I did I did it the wrong way. Um, no, so, no, no, no. you know. Don't say that. I, but I did. No I, choice, I did really. something wrong, and I, I paid my dues for it. Oh, you it. mean that part? Yes, the part of it, oh, yeah. you know, that part of it. <laughs> yeah. Where are you no, going with this? Yeah, no, 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 no. You know, so I did murder's something. Murder is wrong. Yes, murder is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I feel like we haven't talked like just us two in a while. So hello. It has been a while. It's been like a few weeks since I've really gotten into a pop culture roundup. And unfortunately, (laughs) I don't have too much to talk about, but we are going to be recapping the final three episodes of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, as well as the latest episode of Southern Hospitality. So what's happened in the break? Oh, I did a podcast with The Ringer. Uh, you can look it up on Spotify. It's called Anatomy of a Scandal. I'm pretty heavily featured in part three. And, you know, if you want to take a look back, uh, I would recommend it because I giggled at myself. I'm not going to lie. So maybe you'll giggle as well. It's called Anatomy of a Scandal. Um, is there anything else? Oh, check out the Patreon. I know it's a new year. New year, new Patreon. Things are happening and I'm excited. I'm going to be... Like, I'm not going to tell you exact thing. Just things that we have planned in the future, right? Real Housewives Orange County Season 10. Um, I'm going to be dipping more into Bravo Theater, I believe. And by Bravo Theater, I mean having guests on to talk about movies that 
are featuring people that were or are on Bravo. We've done Twa. We've done um, that Peacock movie. What was it called? The Affair with uh, Drew Sedora and Candy and them. It's it's a really fun conversation. So yeah, I will definitely be planning those for the future. Um, oh, this week, trust and believe, we're going to be talking about the Natalia Grace speaks docuseries that happened on id channel you can find it on max check it out last year we had the special where michael her adoptive father really had a lot to say a lot of stunts and shows and so this unnecessarily six-part series uh featured natalia and her responses and there were lots of twists and turns and shocking reveals and cliffhangers so if you haven't watched that check it out my patreon is patreon.com slash ebbm podcast i said it once before i'll say it again i um upload the content through a different portal so you're gonna go on to patreon and you're gonna be like this girl has not updated her patreon since like 2022 or whatever it says I upload every week. You can expect an episode anytime between when, usually Wednesday, sometimes Thursday or Friday, but trust and believe you get episodes every week. Know that. And they're fun. So we'll be doing that. I'm considering whether or not to talk about the Gypsy Rose Hulu. Is it Hulu? It's on Hulu. There's a a new docuseries featuring our girl Gypsy Rose, but I'm kind of feeling like Maybe we did an oopsie uh-oh with Gypsy. No shade to our girl. But she's really been on an award tour as much as, you know, her pro- parole will allow. And I just wonder if maybe we're getting into oversaturation. So I'm going to post, actually, if you guys want to follow me, I'm sorry to plug, but I don't really do it that much. You know, like there are people who do it every week and every episode and I don't. I really try to pepper it in. So just bear with me. Uh, If you guys don't follow me on Instagram, that would be another ask. If you can't do the Patreon, perfectly fine. We all got to save our coin. I get it. Maybe you don't give a shit. That's also totally fine, right? But what you can do is free and a passive thing is follow me on Instagram at everyone's business but mine. That will be a great help for me in the future for things that I want to do. Thank you. And um, I'm going to be posting on there a poll asking the members of Patreon if you guys want me to do the Gypsy Rose episode for next week. Otherwise, I could do something else. So I will post it at some point. Um, It's Monday, January 8th. I will be posting it at some point today, and it'll be up for 24 hours. So you'll have until the 9th in, let's say, I'll I'll post it this evening. You'll have until Tuesday evening to put your votes in. Okay. So with that, you know, shout out to Gypsy Rose. She's free. She's, she's fly. She's with her man. She's getting some fire D every night, as she told us on Instagram when she was addressing the haters and the losers <laughs> for coming after her husband, Ryan. Um, she did a, a press tour, like I said. She did a interview with The View. Joy had some things to say that I think maybe she regretted what she realized what she said, which is where we were with the episode or the clip at the top of the episode. Just incredible work. Thank you. Thank you to uh, Brendan from Come Through Queen for posting that clip on Twitter. Hilarious. (laughs) 
absolutely hilarious stuff. Uh, but let's get into this episode before we get into our recaps. Our I, it's not even a girl. It's just a tragedy. I need to come up with another category for things that are just tragic. And and to have our American history just stripped away from us is really jarring to see in real time. And of course, I'm talking about how um, Seaside Heights tore down the national landmark, historic landmark that is karma. The place where people were fist bumping, where they were beating that beat up, where Snooki would do back handsprings with no panties on and we'd all see her labia, where the guys would get into fights with other dudes, where, where Wow would rock somebody's shit for coming at Snooki for calling her fat. That karma? How dare? How dare you? So many... So many monuments that we should be honoring, and yet we don't. And I really think that should be a lesson to us all. I'm shedding a tear, and I'm going to pour out a tiny bit of Jaeger. We speak you. We speak your name, Karma, and I'm sorry that they did this to you. It's a real shame. Our hell yeah, however. We did it, you guys. We did it. It appears... As though the national nightmare might be over and Sam of Summer House and Corey of hopefully formally anything to do with Bravo have more than likely broken up. She posted on New Year's Day, New Beginnings or something like that, whatever, you know, coded, I just broke up with my man and I don't want to talk about it kind of caption. She posted that and she posted pictures of her out on New Year's Eve with what seemed to be her one of her good girlfriends. So it was giving. We did it. We did it. Because like, why? That man humiliated her from point A to point B. And he shoved his tongue down his throat and spit in her mouth, literally and figuratively and in her face, both literally and figuratively. And and that's really how we should have known. Like, no kink shaming. If you guys are going to spit, fine. I can't do it. Because, you know, just like, just personally, for me as a black woman, the idea of any man spitting in my face is like, oh, bitch, I'm about to catch a charge. Like, wh- who? How dare you? Like, I just don't think I could get outside of myself to be able to enjoy it. That being said, like, you do you, you know? Get the spit if that's what you want. But I do think that there was something poetic in the fact that, like, she was acting like him spitting on her was their special thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think maybe sometimes we, we do accept that on a, on a metaphoric level. That a man spits in our face and we want to clean it up by acting like, oh, no, that's our thing. And it's hot. And it's not him just actually, like, disrespecting me publicly and me just, like, smiling through it. I do think that's what happened. So anyway, congratulations to us all. And I hope that this frees us of, of Corey. And we can bring Sam back to the summer house next summer. I think that'll be good. Because last summer, I, it seems like this season, she's not going to be much of a factor. So I would actually like to see, now that we have single Lindsay and single Sam, who's basically like Lindsay 2.0, according to Lindsay, I there's like a big sister, little sister thing going on. And I would like to see that happen. I really would. Okay, guys, we have to talk about something else. 
what's going on with the Trace Amigos? There, they seem to be no more. Uh, Tamara has posted a picture of herself saying Uno. And Shannon and Vicky have announced that they're going on tour as a duo. Well, not a duo. There seems to be some man named Doug who's going to be accompanying them. Shout out to you, Doug. But the girls are fighting. The girls are really, really fighting. It is so fascinating to me, even though I don't... You know, I have feelings about Tamara. I think she's an operator. I have feelings about Vicky. I think she's an insurrectionist. I have feelings about Shannon. I think she, you know, is just like a tragedy all around. Just loser. <laughs> Respectfully. Like, there's really just no other word for it. Um, but it's fascinating watching what these women do have in common. Is that they're really not friends to anybody. All of their relationships are very tenuous. And they're very hinging on something very small that turns very large and so to watch the three of them navigate not only like a two-person relationship but a three-person relationship and then add on a business element to it with the three amigas tour whatever the hell they're doing on tour it's it's fascinating to watch from the outside because y'all know that like orange county is not my fave like i can respect I can respect the legacy, but it's not my fave. But there are obviously fascinating things going on there. But to watch three people who are like, you know, what I would call lalas, people who are like, you know, like I said, friends to nobody, try to form this alliance that really never works out for long. And then there's always some shift happening. And it's like, oh, you know, like, we're the best friends you could ever have. Sisters, sisters. And then two of them are mad at the other one. And and then here go hell come. Usually Tamara's able to be at the wheel, but it seems like this time she's gotten the boot. So what happened was I noticed the trouble starting at BravoCon or after BravoCon because she did an interview. I want to say with maybe Lauren Herbert of uh, Access Hollywood. Um, they also have a podcast called Housewives Tonight. Um, but she did an interview with Tamara on a, some red carpet and I think think Tamara hinted towards her and Shannon having issues and it's being a really big problem she didn't really want to get into it at the time so then on January 6th ironically enough Vicky posts on her IG stories an announcement not for the Trace Amigas but for Shannon and Vicky live and it was a repost actually of a fan account saying the two t-holes meeting Teddy and Tamara have nothing on Shannon and Vicky so she posts that on her IG stories. Tamara posts a screenshot of that on her Twitter with the caption, my friend, my soulmate, my sister, my ass. <laughs> so then a Tamara Stan account posts that screenshot with the caption, the Tamara and Vicky breakup happening on January 6th is crazy. And Tamara responds, yeah, January 6th is not a good day for her. <laughs> So then Tamara tweets, I feel like, this is on the 7th, I feel like I just took the biggest dump in my life. So refreshed, so relieved. Someone tells her to stop being mean to Shannon. Tamara asks, how am I being mean? And somebody responds, they tag Vicky, they say, at V. Gunvalson took Shannon in and cared for her when she broke her arm and was at her lowest, while Tamara befriended Shannon's ex-new love interest, but befriended Shannon's ex's new love interest while liking, commenting all over their posts. Come on, Tamara. 
So Tamara's response is, well, while Vicky took Shannon in, Shannon used that time to record Vicky and her boyfriend fighting. And she showed those videos apparently to Tamara and they were laughing about it. And then she also says, well, the day that Shannon got arrested, I went to Scotland to film the traders. So there really wasn't anything I could do about that. And it, I did look up the timeline and it does seem to match up. It seems like they found out, well, we know that Shannon had gotten arrested like on a Saturday, but we didn't find out until like, I think she got arrested on the 16th of September. It came out on the 18th, which is a Monday. They started filming the traders on the 21st. So it would make sense that she would have been, maybe she didn't leave that day, but she probably would have left within the 24 hours of that. So really there, I mean, what was she going to do? Right. And I remember Shannon's or Tamara actually doing two T's that day that the news came out saying that she had seen Shannon the day after the DUI, but the day, day, day before it came out in the news where Shannon was like being kind of weird because they were on a business call about the three Trace Amigas, but she didn't say anything. She's like, oh, well, I just figured she was going through like, you know, her break, breakup with John Jansen or whatever. So then it goes on to say, also, for anybody who gives me shit for making up with Alexis, dot, 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 I made up with her at BravoCon weeks before she even met John at The Quiet Woman and over a month before they went public as a couple. So if you're going to talk shit, get it right. Mm, now, what is interesting to me is that it does seem like cameras are about to be picked up for Orange County and it does just feel like oftentimes kind of in a Kanye way when he's about to release an album all of a sudden there's this drama and controversy leading up to that and it's giving I mean it's real because y'all aren't really friends but I also think that the timing is convenient you know what I mean so and it's also like very convenient that the traders is coming out on Friday Thursday or Friday this week so it would be a good time to bring more attention to a little Tammy Joe's way. So not saying it's not true. I'm just saying that there might be some extra added benefits to the timing. And with that, you guys, I just want to end this since we are post golden globes now and the video of Timothy and Kylie saying, I love you to each other and necking in the crowd has gone viral. And the other thing that's gone viral is the fact that Selena Gomez goes over to this table with Taylor Swift and another woman. Don't shade me. I'm not sure who she is. I think she might be important, but I'm not sure. But anyway, Selena goes over to like be a little chatty with Taylor and says something. People, you know, the lip readers are out these days. Like you guys can't be caught slipping at all anymore okay (laughs) not at all so people noticed that what selena was saying to taylor was something along the lines of like oh i asked him for a picture and she said no and the other girl goes timothy and she says yes leading us to believe that uh selena went to go up and ask timothy chalamet for a picture and kylie shut it down and was like no ma'am miss pam so, like, it's not even really up for debate. You can he- also hear Selena saying this in another video. <laughs> like, it's very, very obvious. But Selena's mad at y'all now, okay? She's mad at y'all. 
Okay, now, to be fair, I went to verify this tweet through, it was through Pop Crave, who tends to be fairly reputable, <laughs> and they deleted the tweet. However, I do have, like, a part of it where she says that she did not say shit, people need to hop off her dick, I'm sick of y'all, stop overanalyzing every damn move of me without knowing. This is getting ridiculous and wrong. Allegedly, that's what she said, but they have since deleted the tweet. So I can neither confirm nor deny. However, I saw that tweet and it was also deleted. My thing is like, I, should I use this as a time to rant about Selena Gomez? I just don't get her. Like she's somebody I just don't get. Like, I don't get how she's so famous. I And it's like, you know, not everybody's for everybody. And it's not even really shade, but it's like a little bit of shade because I do feel like there are a lot of people from her who she came up with. I'm like, okay, how is she this famous of a musical artist when, like, y'all can say what you want about Demi Lovato, but the voice card never declines, okay? Never once. Have y'all, like, really had a moment to listen to Sorry Not Sorry? And when you're, like, really feeling your pussy, oh, my God, that song goes off. And the vocals, incredible. When Miley remembers that she's white and she sings in that way and she's not, like, talking about Jays on her feet, also an incredible vocalist. So I'm, like, she's not even, like, to me, I'm just, like, she's not even, like, the top of the heap in really any category that I can think of her in. So I just don't understand how it translates to her being so famous. Like, I don't watch Only Murders in the Building. So is that what I'm missing? Because I've heard she's not even that great on there. I just don't get it. I just don't get, like, the fame and the mediocrity. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I also, like, quiet as kept. I always stay quiet about her because I do feel like there's something very dark about Selena that I think Selena Gomez might have one of the best teams in all of Hollywood because she has been in and out of a facility, no shade, but the way they speak about it and around it and why she's going to these facilities, I don't think we're really getting the full story, which like, are we entitled to that? Not necessarily. I just feel like that there's... I feel like Demi, how can I put this lightly? I feel like Demi gets a lot of a bad rap out of the that class of Disney, where I think some of that might need to be pointed in Selena's direction as well. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Like, y'all saw the video of her and Justin cruising around Skid Row. You know? What, what was that about in the middle of the day? You know? Um... So I don't, I guess I can't confirm if Selena said that, but if she did, she, that's the other thing is like, I don't really understand people who like Streisand affect themselves. You know what I mean? Like a Streisand effect when like back in the day, there was something that came out about Barbara Streisand that like a little people kind of, a little bit of people knew about. It was like kind of being tittered about, but it wasn't big news. When it became big news is when Barbara decided to sue the publication that talked about this information. And now everybody's like, oh, what is she talking about? And now it's like, oh, everybody now knows when, like, you maybe could have just not said anything. It would have kind of mostly flown under the radar. But now everybody knows about the situation because you caused attention to it. 
And I do feel like she does that a lot. And, and the thing with the new boyfriend, you know, like, you're happy. We don't need to be. <laughs> she was really fighting the people in the comment section hard a few weeks ago over my man, my man, my man. And like, okay, girl, just let him be your man then. Like, you don't have to fight us. I, I Here's my, what it really all boils down to is if I was that wealthy, you would never hear from me. Like, why would I have to speak to anybody? I'm rich. I'm on a yacht. I don't, I don't even know what people are saying to me. Okay. We, we don't get Wi-Fi out here. I'm in the middle of the ocean. I'm in the Maldives. Hello? Can't hear you. Bye. Anyway, let's move on to our recap of the Rugged, the last half of Rugged, and then we'll be ending on Southern Hospitality. But I'm deciding, is he single? Is he not single, right? Mm-hmm. So as I'm having this conversation in my own head, <laughs> up walks his beautiful wife. <laughs> With two All right, we finished with the rugged St. Bart's trip with our Roni ladies. So we're going to talk about episodes four through six to just round this season up. It was a quick one. I was kind of surprised that maybe they didn't do eight episodes, but six is fine. No, no complaints. <laughs> Good. I got a lot of my plate, so we're good. But let's get into episode four. If you did not hear my recap for episodes one through three, those are on patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. But yeah, let's get into four through six. <sighs> we start off episode four. Once again, going backwards with Kelly and Kristen. They have been fighting, not getting along, triggering each other this entire time. Because during breakfast, Kelly keeps going on and on about how Kristen needs to be real. And that's what the fans think. Like, granted, the show's not actively airing. This isn't Big Brother. And even if it was, Kelly, you would not be getting feedback from the audience immediately. Um, You're not a producer. So why, Kelly, you're telling Kristen that the fans think anything at this point when you guys are in production is beyond me. So (laughs) Dorinda and Luann tell her, okay, it just feels like to us that... Kelly always needs to be the coolest girl in the room, the the most accomplished, the one who's getting the invites to everywhere. And it just feels like maybe she's seeing jealousy in Chris or she's having jealousy watching Kristen just kind of navigate her life. Right. Like she's already been triggered by the fact that Kristen is not working. And we know that Kelly has been harping on the fact that she's been working for her children and it's all on her and like she's very stressed out because of it and like okay girl I mean we talked about this last time she said that she got nothing in her divorce from Gilles Ben Simone and that was not true she got the apartment that we saw her on on the show she also got a Hampton's house that she sold years later for six million dollars so even if those were the only two things that she got that was still millions and millions of dollars at least 10 million dollars worth of property right there right there should people have to sell their homes to make ends meet no but am i gonna be crying for you about having to sell a six million dollars hamptons vacation home when there are you know other women who have much worse situations who spend years of their lives trying to chase down the men that they had children with for you know two hundred dollars a month I'm just not going to cry for you, Argentina. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, she sat on the board of several charities and considers herself a philanthropist. Do you guys know how expensive, how much it costs 
<laughs> to be considered, especially in, in these Manhattan circles, to be considered somebody who's like a donor and who gets invited specifically to events and is on the board of places. That's like six figures a year right off the bat. So, girl, okay. Our event for episode four, one of them, is that Sonia gets a yacht for the day. Luancy's a floating hot dog. You know, it's like one of those little floaties that they can like pull you out on out the sea and have a fun time. That girl gets so excited with that husky voice of hers. Oh my God, is that a hot dog? Girls, girls, let's get on the hot dog. Are you guys going to come on the hot dog with me? No. Why aren't you going to get on the hot dog? Why not? <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the show of her, like on that hot dog, just her and Dorinda bouncing around, holding tight. Freeze the bird. <laughs> Having the time of her life. Seemingly sexual experience until Luann realizes that the person in front of her is Dorinda. The ladies have lunch on the boat. And Kelly brings up the fact that even though she and Dorinda already made up about this, Dorinda called her a cunt, which she did not. Dorinda said that she was acting cunty, which, you know, I'll, I'll leave it up to you as to whether or not you think there's a difference. I personally do but i'd still be pissed off about it but she already apologized so we gotta let it go i to me like cunty is like a half step down like we can come back from that we're not coming back from you calling me a straight up cunt but cunty i can work with if if you play your cards right so they've already gotten over this but kelly is not kelly's not it is wild everybody's tired of hearing her Everybody is tired of her repeating the same things about Dorinda and about Kristen. So Luann takes Kelly aside to try to give her some advice, you know? She tells her, Kelly, Dorinda tends to go, um, in her words, El Ataco when you put her in a corner. She'll bite hard. So I just want to, like, show you how to navigate this for the rest of the week. Can you chill out? Can you chill? She starts crying, Kelly, about how she's raising her girls all on her own. Like, these are adults people okay it's so much to take on oh my gosh oh who oh I can't remember who found this but at some point Kelly mentions that she is the realtor for her building for like her entire building (laughs) whoever found this these listings uh, from this building Kelly is in every picture just posing here I am by the stairs washer dryer there you go here I am in the living room. <laughs> like, I've never seen that in my life. Just like a full photo shoot for every listing that she has. It's very, very funny. <laughs> There's also one. Um, Kelly has very funny TikToks. There was a time where there was like a trend of people going out on a block in like New York or whatever, wherever they were. And just pointing out like their favorite neighborhood spots, right? So one time Kelly went... <laughs> And she just went to this intersection and basically just named every building and business that she could see. Like, oh, I love that. 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 These are my favorite neighborhood spots. Like, babe, (laughs) her social media is great. I'm not selling this, but just know that it really made me laugh. She's very clueless. And then I think she got a social media manager and that kind of ruined it because now it seems like she kind of gets it. Like, it seems like... Before, it used to be like she would see a TikTok trend and then just do what she saw in her mind's eye, which was very different from the reality, as we see on the show. 
But now somebody is able to actually translate that into actually being on trend. And that, that really loses its magic. It really does. Like there was one for Valentine's Day where she just posted a bunch of pictures of her in red, wearing red. And half of the pictures were completely blurred. Some of them were just at events. I think I think it was for Valentine's Day, but it was like her like an old picture of her and Luann in a step and repeat. <laughs> and just happened to be wearing red. Has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. Just pictures. Just pictures of her in red. <laughs> so anyway, after Kelly starts crying about all this responsibility with her daughters, she tells Luann that her actual concern is she's not mad at Kristen. She's actually concerned about Kristen losing her deals by how she's behaving on the show. And Luann tells her, you really don't need to worry about that. Like, she, I think she'll be fine. So Kristen plans a neon night back at the house, and the topic of threesomes come up during dinner. But just as Luann is about to tell the story about her being a 20-something girl, fresh, move, freshly moved to New York City... <sighs> Kelly starts tapping her glass. I want to thank Kristen for this beautiful dinner. And everybody's like, first of all, you don't like that girl. Secondly, Luann was literally in the middle of a word. <laughs> so what's going on with that? Kelly's like, oh, I thought you were done. But anyway, let's just do a quick toast. Kristen, this is just such a beautiful dinner. And I don't know if you guys knew it, but I'm just, I'm under so much stress. And I'm going to be moving out of my family home in a month. And during that, like, Dorinda, I really fell in love with you. When I first met you, but it really hurt me when you called me a cunt. And now everybody's like, ugh. <laughs> Here again, girl. Luann actually gets so frustrated that she leaves the table. And she says in a confessional that it just gets really exhausting. And, like, what they're saying doesn't seem to be clicking with Kelly. And it doesn't, she doesn't seem to really care. She's, like, kind of good with that. So, like, what are, what are they supposed to do with this? So she goes back to the table. While Kelly's in the midst of saying to Dorinda she can do whatever the fuck she wants for whatever reason, at this point, Kelly calls herself, I'm an action verb. Okay? <laughs> They're like, an, an action verb? Is that not redundant? What are you talking about, Kelly? So even Ramona's like, you're on your own, kid. Kristen finally is like, okay. Kelly, I think you're wonderful. I do think you have a lot to contribute. But I think maybe, like, things come out wrong. And I think you've built this wall to, like, protect yourself. And Kelly goes, will you build walls too? And Krista goes, no, I don't. Because I damn sure did not want to come back to this show and talk about Josh being on Dolly Madison, Ashley Madison, whatever the fuck. And spending hundreds of dollars to communicate with women. <laughs> and you want to act like nothing happened. But okay, girl. She's like, you know what? I'm sitting here. I'm sorry I didn't break down at the dinner table when you guys were asking me about it. But listen, you guys are all divorced. You guys have probably all gone through the same things that I went through. I chose to stick it out, okay? So then, Dorinda gets upset. Or excuse me, Sonia gets annoyed. And she's like, what are you trying to say, Kristen? Like, you stuck it out and therefore you made the best decision? Like, you know, we, we can't touch the Morgan letters, so to speak. So now Sonia's spiraling. So Chris is like, I don't remember what I was trying to say. You know, and Kelly goes, Kristen, you're so beautiful. So Luann gets up again because she's like, I, I got a headache. I, I think I got too much sun on the yacht. Like, I'm just any excuse to leave the table. Honestly, I'm not really sure what happened between Kelly and Dorinda, but they do end up making up. 
just a lot of words. Kelly hugs her and tells her, you know, Dorinda, sometimes you really look like a lady die. <laughs> the night is a bust. Like, it was supposed to be Kristen's neon party. They were going to be playing all these games and having all these events. But Kelly is, like, taking all the wind out of everybody's sails. Luann's claiming to get sun poisoning to get out of the situation. So they're like, okay, well, let's just kick it by the pool, right? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know. When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. But Luann, <laughs> Luann, by the way, is wearing a blonde bob and a hot pink jumpsuit. And she does so does not want to be around Kelly, but she's at the bar, but the bar is kind of dark. So the girls over at the pool don't notice that she's there somehow. This six foot two woman <laughs> in a pink sequin jumpsuit and a Gwen Stefani platinum blonde bob wig smoking a cigarette behind a, a pillar. To try to, like, see what they're saying and hear what they're saying, but she doesn't want to be seen. <laughs> like, where do they think this rogue cigarette smoke is coming from, Luann? Do you think they just don't see you? I think they did. <laughs> so at the pool, Kelly continues to have a breakdown to and about Kristen, about how Kristen's, like, not mothering and nurturing like Dorinda is. And that's really what she needs in her life and how she's about to be getting married. And, you know, you don't even know that, Kristen. Kristen's like, how would I know that? You didn't ask. <laughs> okay, Am I supposed to just ask you if you're getting married? She's like, I asked you if you were in a relationship and you said it was complicated. And Kelly goes, yeah, well, everybody else knows. Dorinda knows. Ramona knows. Luann knows. And all of them are like, we actually had no idea that she was engaged at all. She's engaged? 
I thought we were just she was just dating somebody, but okay. So Kristen then leaves because she's over it. And it's like two seconds ago, we were fighting, and now this like I, I'm I'm out. I'm not doing this with you. So then we get to episode five. Dorinda's as confused as anybody as to how she got on Kelly's good side, but she's also like very disinterested, which makes it very funny because in the morning Kelly puts her into this what felt like forty five minute hug that Dorinda just like is like, like when you put a a, a like a, like a dress on a cat and they just lay there, like that was Dorinda. Like I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but I'm just gonna shut down. <laughs> So Kristen says, I actually think that Kelly and I could be good friends, but Dorinda tells her, just be done with it. Like, don't even bother. She's going to ruin your holiday with you trying to figure out Kelly. So don't even do it. So the ladies go surfing and whatever. Kelly just made this funny remark about how it was triggering for her to go surfing because the last time she had gone surfing, she had been doing it for a movie called Innocence in which she played a mom who got lost at sea and only the surfboard came back to the shore is this movie on demand because i will talk about it on patreon i would love to well i found it you guys it is a 2013 horror movie starring perry reeves remember she played um ari mrs ari and an entourage <laughs> shout out to perry reeves um but it's on tubi which makes me only makes me want to watch it more I'm going to have to write that down. Anyway, um, what happens after that? Oh, God. Kristen is getting, like, mic'd up on the beach. And the producer producer looks down and goes, oh, your nail's coming off. So we have to watch days. It felt like days that I spent, 40 days and 40 nights, watching these close-ups of Kristen and that baby pink toenail just lifted up like ugh, like the trunk of a car on her toe and and the cl- and the extracting it and oh that was hell for me like i'm getting the chills just thinking about it so we're going to move on because that was horrific why did they have to play who sick fuck was like yeah let's play 45 seconds of Kelly getting her nail taken out of her foot. Like, no. No. There were a lot of screams, mostly from me. <laughs> I had to, like, block my hand from the TV. Like, I could not take it. Ugh, gross. What happens after that? Oh, everybody's, like, horrified and does not want to stand there and, like, even hold Ke- Kristen's hand until they realize that the medic who's helping her is hot. And then Dorinda tries to hit on him and get his number. And then Sonia is like, oh, I have some contusions. Can you check them out? And she lifts up her dress to show that she's got some marks on her ass. So <laughs> that's our Sonia. When they get back to the house, Kelly shows Dorinda these love letters that her fiance had been packing for her to read every day. Apparently his name is Scott. And the relationship had been going on for a year and a half at that point. Are they married? I feel like I think they got married. Anyway. Um, so Dorinda's like being supportive to her face. Like, oh, you got to keep these. These are great. But he's going on about how much. Oh, I'm thinking about you all the time. I miss your breath. I miss your smile. Kiki, you can do it, babe. You got this, girl. <laughs> Dorinda's like, oh, it's kind of like the 1860s. Like, oh, like not for me. 
The lady said go on a scavenger hunt. And, you know, typically I don't love a Bravo activity, but this one was actually pretty decent where it's like very Roni themed. You had to go around the property and find things like Alex's Herman Munster shoes. Um, Aviva's leg was by the pool. (laughs) Had to find the plastic glass that she threw in the lake in the Berkshires and busted Chris's lip in. You know, a bag of loose teeth that Sonia just screws around. Just leaving around the Upper East Side. Lou gets so into it. Like, they're playing the amazing race that they see a little um, little toy floaty that they have to get out. And so she dives. And they're like, the microphone, Luann. Not the mic. <laughs> not the mic in the pool. Why have they not come up with a, a waterproof mic at this point? I hear those mics cost, like, hundreds of dollars. Per- How, at this point, in... in- Reality television technology, have they not come up with the... Are those the ones, like, on Love Island? The necklace mics? Are those waterproof? They must be. So why are they not giving the Bravo girlies those? Doesn't matter. Anyway, um... Luann ends up just grabbing the pool floaty from the edge of the pool. Like, with no effort. Didn't didn't even get wet. Luann's like, I don't know, just feeling the moment. I don't know. Then they have to rope in Harry Dubin of all people to FaceTime. And now Sonia's like, oh, God, Harry, wh- why-, why can't I just be left alone? <laughs> and it is funny to me how they do, like, I don't want to see Harry Dubin. I don't want to see anybody named Tom. However, I do think it's funny that Sonia's like, fuck sake. I just want to be rid of this idiot. And here he is on FaceTime and I'm having to get a clue from him. You know why it's funny to me? Because it reminds me of one of my best friends, like my oldest friend in the world. She is the nicest person. Like, I don't know how we're friends. She's so nice. She like rarely says unkind things. I have known this bitch since fifth grade. Like, we're in it deep, real bad, okay? So I know this girl. She's so nice and she is like always looking at the bright side of things and always like, oh, you know, even if I'm going through something, then, you know, there's something in her life that she can find the silver lining and like a true optimist, like a true sweetie angel. (laughs) But I show her, there's this one girl (laughs) on on Instagram and I'm sure that you guys know her. I, her name's Kelly. I cannot remember. But if you know, you know, her name is Kelly. She's got this red hair, bright red curly hair. And she is like a trad wife. Like, but they're committed to a, like a prairie lifestyle. Like she's churning butter. She's making her own foods. Like they've got a farm. She's wearing prairie dresses. Like it's real bad. Like they, they are renovating a, an old house from like the 1800s or night. Like it's giving dust bowl. Like that's her aesthetic. Right. But her other thing is that she writes these very long and like impassioned captions about her life and what would to me be like, Oh, you know, Oh, she also makes her kids lay in like wooden cradles. Like the, old school 1800s like wood like wood those rocking cradles like this is how deep she's in it and my friend hates her (laughs) she makes me so annoyed and it really makes my life it it really makes my heart grow three times to see her like actively be a hater towards somebody because it never happens and so that's how I feel about Sonia like it just is funny to me (laughs) 
that Harry bothers her so much because usually, like, we stay in the positive. And it's just funny to see the negative. That's sick, right? That's probably unwell of me. Oh, well. Now, I will say that Ramona is in her on her best behavior this trip, but she has moments. She really starts acting horrible. First, she sees a shirt that Sonya brought that says, it's one of those dumb puns that says, give thanks, eat pie, right? So, Sonia, you can't wear that. She calls Avery on FaceTime to get Avery to slut shame Sonia. She's like, Mom, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. And the editors were really shady in, in showing a flashback from season one where uh, Sonia's getting, uh, Ramona's getting ready to go out with her girlfriends that night and Avery and her little pigtails and her, um, you know, Republican princess outfit was like, Mom, that's really unbecoming of, of a woman your age or whatever the hell she said. <laughs> Get her, girl. <laughs> Slut shame my friend for me. Why won't you? Internationally, by the way. Luann gets really pissed off because Ramona this whole time has been trying to be in the middle. She's every picture that they're taking. She wants to be center. Every time they film a scene where they're at a table, she wants to sit right in the middle. And Luann's like actually getting really pissed off because <laughs> they start posing for a, a photo. She's like, can you not? Do you have to be in the center all the time? Why, why do you have to do that? Why do you do that? So then the next restaurant that they go to, she and Dorinda make a pact to run to that table so that they can get the center seats and Ramona gets there and it's like what what you didn't have to do all that effort because I was gonna let you guys have it anyway so you didn't even need to do all that (laughs) okay girl so then the topic at dinner is how you met your husbands what I would think would be a thrilling conversation Kelly goes first and says that Gilles wanted to be with her they were seeing each other or something one day she wakes up And she feels this, like, scratch on her ring finger, looks down, big-ass rock, but her finger's bleeding. They're like, what's going on? So apparently the diamond was set too low in the ring, so it scratched it when he was putting it on. And Luann's like, oh, that's kind of hot. Isn't that kind of hot, you guys? So he told her the actual hot thing is what we should have waited for. Um, You don't have to marry me if you don't want to, but you can keep the ring. Well, well then let's let's get to the negotiating table, sir. Let me think about this one. Kelly says in a confessional that she was enamored by Gilles' talent, but ultimately he was not good to her. Dorinda says her story was basically her telling Richard, yo, like if you want to move in with me, we have to I need a ring. I need some sort of promise, like I'm old school, right? So they're basically, like, she's going full steam ahead, planning a wedding. She wants this whole big thing. She walks into her house one day. Richard is standing there with the priest. They get married. They go down to the uh, courthouse or whatever. They eat, eat at a diner afterwards. And he, I guess, tells her, like, if you want to have the big thing after this, fine. But, like, I want to live with you. I'm like, well, that's kind of cute. I could do that. I've been thinking about, like, what kind of wedding I want. And I do feel like I never wanted a wedding. That just doesn't appeal to me. So, like, downtown Manhattan courthouse and then, like, go to a diner sounds great, honestly. (laughs) Sounds lovely. But then it's like I do like attention. So there is that. Something to contend with. (laughs) Anyway, so basically after that, Sonia wants to go next. Y'all, y'all. 
She's like, listen, I'm not one-upping. I'm just, I'm just like comparing me. Like, I think there are parallels between me and Dorinda, right? So she starts in this very, very long-winded story about how she and uh, John had known each other for seven years. She was working as a hostess. He would give her a deal every now and again. They finally go on their first date. He gets out of the cab. He hits his head. He's bleeding. He had to go to the bathroom to get a tissue to, like, stop the bleeding on his forehead. They get to the restaurant. He never tipped for tables, you know? He never tipped for tables. So, you know, all our friends are in the front. We're sitting by the tourists. (laughs) And that was embarrassing. So he drives her home. And they're like, how did he drive you home when you said he got out of the cab and hit his head and it was bleeding? She's like, I don't know how to explain it. But he drove me home. They're driving to her apartment, the place where she dumped out Milu's ashes. She's in a fifth floor walk up, but it's a beautiful two-story apartment. Now, granted, the question was the engagement story. Tell us the engagement story of your husband's. Not this play-by-play of y'all's first date and how he pick up the dog poop on their walk. The dog was there when they got back from the date. She went to walk it and he picked up the poop and Lucia's laughing. Everybody's uncomfortable. And then she's like, oh, you know, he proposed. And I guess there's some story. It sounded like exactly what happened with uh, Carrie and Aiden the second time. No, the first time. Wasn't the first time where she lose? Oh, yeah, because she, she was fucking big. <clears throat> and she felt bad. And then she, for some reason she went to take the dog out because, oh, because Big showed up. He kept calling, and then he showed up at her house. And so she used the dog as a decoy to, like, tell Big, yo, the block is hot, literally. And in the midst of her getting into a fight with Big in the middle of the street, she somehow has no, <laughs> like, I, granted, I know that I work with pets but has no like oh I just let go of the leash and the dog just ran away (laughs) okay (laughs) so she gets home where was I going with this oh and then he like they're out one day maybe this is a totally different situation but I'll say all that to say Aiden proposed to her one day when they were out with the dog I feel like what Sonia said was the exact same thing that happened with Aiden and Carrie's proposal. How they were out walking the dog another time and she was like not paying attention and and he gave her the ring or whatever. They hadn't even slept together by the time they were engaged. You're like, what? You would never have that man inside of you? Okay. Fortunately... Gravity takes over and we get a little pratfall. Lou ends up falling out of her chair. So Sonia is able to shut up from whatever fairy tale that she's telling. Dorinda then throws some shade and she says in a confessional, it's like I'm watching Disney, you know, because none of the story's true. Everybody's now so uncomfortable that they're just like trying to go to the bathroom, except for Kelly, who's stuck there at the table listening to Sonia just go on and on about her, her life with JP Morgan. So Dorinda and Ramona go to the bathroom and they're like, I, you know, I can't do this. Like, it's this is crazy hearing her. And Ramona gives Dorinda actually some pretty good advice. And it's like, you know, you just got to realize if somebody's talking and you don't believe them, there's no point in correcting them. Like, just be a good friend. And that is almost more sad than them calling her out directly. It's just being like, it's not even worth it. 
to fight her delusions. Because she's just going to get upset. We all know she's lying. So just let her lie. That's like actually really sad. <laughs> oh, that's really tragic. Oh, no. Let's move on. Let's move on to episode six. Lou tells us another story because they're on the beach. They're at this like beach club and she's got this popsicle. She's hanging out, comes up to the girl. She's eating this popsicle. They're like, where have you been, Lou? Oh, you know, I, I was in the water and I spotted a guy and I was just waiting around to see if there was a woman, if he was with a woman or something. And then I'm like, hey, he's like super handsome. He's like, like an Anderson Cooper with long hair. So she's still trying to gauge the situation, just paddling around. Is there a ring, a wife, a girl? All of a sudden, this woman walks up with two popsicles for her and her husband, right? But he takes that popsicle away from his wife and hands it right to Lou. And then she and the wife cheers with their popsicles. She's a baddie. (laughs) She is so funny. She's the funniest woman alive. Did that couple fight did the wife know oh that's countess luann that's hilarious or was she like when they got back to the villa bitch don't be giving your popsicles to other bitches what are you doing what are you doing it's our final night and we're gonna be ending it with dorinda's disco party she's like talking about I'm probably not going to be inviting any many men to this party, right? Like, not really my thing. But then she's talking to Martin, I think his name, the concierge, the butler. She's like, it would be nice. Like, I would try a gigolo. Maybe once in my lifetime, I would get a gigolo. And he turns around and goes, oh, <clears throat> there's one in the kitchen. Menu, come out. He's a gigolo. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, okay. I'm actually going to do you a favor and not tell the other women in the house that because that's going to be a problem for you. And they're going to be spending a lot of money. But she's like, okay, well, good to know. And honestly, pretty cute. Pretty cute guy. So then after that, Ramona gets a call from her friend Pascal. Is he like a John or something? Because why is he calling her being like, how many people do you need at this party? Is it okay that they're 28 to 30? Because I have a lot of 28 to 30 year olds for you. What are you talking about? (laughs) This seems very weird. And and I want to know more about it. And also, I don't want to know anything. So Sony starts getting annoyed with Kristen. Because at the beach, Kristen made some comment about like, oh, okay. So they go to the beach to do this Janzu hydrotherapy thing. They're out there in the water. And these people are like, holding their bodies enough so that they can float up and like not have to hold themselves up and they're just like kind of grazing them through the water doing circles and and just like it's giving like I'm very just like floating in this ether weightless and free right supposed to be this very healing moment for all of them Dorinda and Ramona go first and they're coming out of that water crying. Dorinda had a moment like, I felt like I was being held by my mother for the first time and I just felt so safe and so comforted and it just felt like I was in the womb. She's like weeping and Sona's like, yeah, this was incredible, right? Great. Kristen goes in. She's having a spiritual moment. Kelly, for some reason, this turns very sexual for her. She is being held by this man and she's like, oh, he's so strong and like, 
I just like I'm leaning into it and like, oh, like, <laughs> okay, girl, do you? I think she may have had an O in that water, but we don't need to know that. Luann finds out that Kelly had a sexual experience. She's like, oh, I want to go back. I want to go back. Now, Sonia, who has been like purporting to be the spiritual one of the group, you know, she's lighting her abundance candle and all that, going all to the weird people on the Upper East Side who want to bang a drum over her body or whatever. And she's having like the worst time. She getting in the water. She can't float right. She's saying her neck hurts, her hip hurts, her pussy hurts. She can't get comfortable. She's like getting her wa- nose, water in her nose. Like it's, it's a whole thing. And so Kristen just makes this comment like, oh, you know, I hope that, you know, this is not all you get out of your Jansu water therapy. It's just like a sexual moment. And Sonia accuses her, Kristen of being passive aggressive towards her. She's like, you know, I'm really getting tired of it. And in a flashback, the only example that we see of Kristen being rude, I guess, is her asking, is she ready to sell her townhouse? So then we find out what happened at the lunch. First of all, Sonia gets to the lunch table. She says that she doesn't want to be in her wet a bikini, right? So she goes to the table in a sarong, but she goes like cheeks out. I'm not talking like the top of the crack, like not a plumber crack situation. I'm talking full ass, like even more than that little boy in the sunscreen ad. Do they still have, does he still do that? Is this, are his cheeks still out or are we, I feel like we're in an era where maybe we shouldn't have, like, cartoon little boys with their cheeks out anymore. I, right? <laughs> Feels like, like, QAnon, you guys want to get on that? Maybe worry about No, let me not. So, she looks like that. Her ass is fully out. People are, like, looking at her. And everybody's like, girl, what's going on? Like, even for me, somebody who is used to seeing Sonia Morgan's areolas on an annual basis more than even my own, even that was a lot of nudity because she was like, they're at a beach club. Like there are people eating (laughs) and I'm not usually like, you know, it's France. You can let a titty out, but like full cheeks out at a restaurant. That's wild girl. So then she keeps getting agitated at the table. She's trying to dictate who's talking and when, and she wants to talk and you need to shut up and blah, blah, blah. What happened was Three days ago, Kristen, not only Kristen, but the rest of the people had a conversation with Sonia about the townhouse. And they were all like, girl, you really need to sell it. You really need to get that monkey off your back. Like, this is a big burden for you. You need to let it go. Sonia's been living in Virginia around this time of filming the uh, girls trip. I think she had somebody renting out the house. So she was living in Virginia because, you know, Quincy now lives in California, so she can't stay at that apartment and Columbus Circle that she was saying was hers, but was actually, you know, in a trust. So basically she's been spiraling since then. They touched the Morgan letters, so to speak, once again, and she like is pissed. She's been in in a descent ever since. So they are asking each other, like, what's your deal breaker for women? Like we've all talked about what are your deal breakers with men? What's your deal breaker with women in your friendships, etc.? She says that her deal breakers are people who are opportunists. And when Kelly's like, oh, yeah, mine would be opportunists, opportunists as well. She goes, 
you can't do that. That was my answer. You can't take it. Like, she's really, like, on edge. And again, I just feel bad for her. It's clearly such an insecurity for her. And I think they started to realize that Sonia stays away because she feels like she doesn't have it like them. She's not financially secure in the way that the rest of them are. So the best thing is to just, like, not even talk about my life and the fact that she's making ends meet to by cameo. Although I heard she makes, like, a lot of money. I think she's, like, one of their top earners, like, million-dollar earners on cameo. Um, But I, I think... There are probably, you know, there's just like a lot of darkness to Sonia, and I think she just always wants to be in the light, but she can't when she's in financial debt, which like, I just can't, my, my question is, and not that this is any of my business, like, how is she still in so much financial trauma? Is it the house? I, maybe we need to light our abundance candle for the housing market or somebody to buy that estate right by that parking garage, because I just really think that that's really frustrating her a lot and stressing her out. And I want more for a girl. But fortunately, we end on a high note. Dorinda has her disco party. It's a bunch of young people. We will say that. Luann's got on her blonde wig, and she's on the prowl. So let's get into that, because the episode ends with them Like, we see the party, they're having a great time, Dorinda's in the pool dancing, people are jumping in, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's nothing really that special. Kristen's not having the greatest time because it's just, like, a bunch of young people. She's the only married person. (laughs) She's like, I don't, I don't know. This is, like, a girl's trip when you're the only married one or the only person in a relationship is a little bit odd. But anyway, um, they're going to the airport, and everybody's, like, you know, they're ready Luann looks like she got about eight minutes of sleep. She's pounding makeup on her face, just trying to beat the hell out of it. She's got this, like, like, uh, sequined train conductor's hat on. Like, she is probably still rolling heavy on some, like, that's what it's giving. It's giving 7.15 in the morning and I'm still rolling. Okay. My pupils are still dilated. So she's like, well, I had fun last night. I had a party in my room last night. And they're like, with who? So everybody's trying to figure out who it was. (laughs) So we see Luann with a man. Can't tell who he is. She puts a towel, the infamous towel over the camera in the corner. Like, y'all can't see what I'm about to do. But somehow it looks like they managed to move the camera up and down enough that the towel drops. <laughs> and then at one point later, we see a man come out of Luann's room. There's like outdoor furniture right outside. So he goes to the coffee table and like takes some things, probably, you know, cigarette, the cigarettes and that she left out there. And it's Manu, <laughs> the gigolo. The gigolo in the kitchen from earlier. Shout out to you, Lou. <laughs> Shout out to you. Who knew? Who knew that I'd end up with Manu? You know? <laughs> God bless her. God bless. God bless us. Let's move on to Southern Hospitality. Work. Does everybody miss me? Does everyone miss you? I miss you. 
You know, I'm missing. And that didn't answer the question. Everybody misses me. Yeah, everybody misses you. Okay, good. Any good tea? Anything I'm missing? Um, uh, you know, Maddie pulled me aside about the like Oshin rumor, and Maddie was trying to hold my hand, being like, "We're in the same boat." I'm like, "No, bitch. Like, your boyfriend cheated on you in the past." You know, the rumor, it's a story that's based off of assumptions. Mm -hmm. Will has never been disloyal. Will has always been 110%. You and I both know that Will is going through a really rough time. Will had shoulder surgery. He was locked up in the house. His mm -hmm. first night out was boys' night. Yeah. And Oshin saw Will leave with a girl, and he probably assumed the worst. I also heard that he went to the bathroom with her. Because, and then they, I mean, Why yeah. would they go to the bathroom together? If every time Will is alone with a person of his opposite sex, I have to worry about him cheating, I shouldn't be dating him. Well, not when he's blacked out at somebody's apartment in the bathroom with a bottle of rosé. That's, I, that's I, the part of the, that's part of the, the picture that we're missing, right? I mean, if I, I just, everybody at that party thinks that they did something in the bathroom. <sighs> Mia, what do you want me to say right now? I what do you want know. me to say? Do you want me to say I think he did it? No! I just don't want you to end up looking fucking stupid if something did happen. All right, let's end with Southern hospitality, shall we? So, where did we leave off? I didn't talk about last week's episode or the episode before this, but brief, what do we need to know? Bradley has expressed uh, interest in Lucia. He invited her on a date. They're friends. Will they be something more? We'll see. And also, during Guy's Night, two episodes ago, we found out in the aftermath that Will, with his little cast, went to a bathroom with some random chick back at Joe Bradley's house, and there are rumors as to whether or not they made up, made out, rather. And his girlfriend, Emmy, is upset in a very... The thing, the way people navigate their emotions in Charleston is really fascinating and should be studied. I will say that, but we'll get into that in a second. So we start off this episode and Oshin and Bradley are doing like sexy dance lessons with a tour constructor. It might be the least sexy thing. I, like many of you, am afflicted with the attraction to men. But one thing about me is that like the whole thunder from down under magic, my sexy muscular men dancing is like, <laughs> like please get a job please do something useful go to war I like I this is not I don't like it but like to each his own right y'all y'all do what you want they did that like that snake motion where you like snake your body down and then you um you get down on the floor and then you do some humping moves and Brad looked like he busted one of his uh thighs and that really made me laugh so if for nothing else it was worth that moment I will say that <laughs> so like I said Emmy's mad not at her boyfriend Will for putting himself in a compromising situation where people don't really know how to defend him she's mad at Joe Bradley and says that Joe is constantly disappointing her by sticking up for everybody else except for his real best friends. And how because O'Sheen was the one who put that rumor out about them making out Will and some random chick. Joe didn't want to pick sides because that's like his homie, right? But he knows better. So everybody gets to work that day. Tensions are high. Joe Bradley notices that Emmy's blanking him, but he says in a confessional She's coming for the wrong guy. She should be maybe mad at O'Sheen or somebody else, but not me. 
Then they all realize that Grace Lily is not there for her shift. So Joe calls her and is like, yo, call me back so I can cover for you. This is not good. And then Maddie tries to check in on Emmy because, you know, she's got her own issues with Trevor. I'm just making sure everything with you and Will are okay. And they ask both of them in a confessional, if you were to believe, like, Emmy, if you were to believe that Trevor had cheated on Maddie again, would you believe it? Yes. Maddie, if you heard that Will had cheated on Emmy, would you believe it? A hundred percent. So now they're having this awkward, we're friends and trying to be supportive, but like there's a layered situation going on because Emmy says in a confessional that it's so obvious what Maddie's trying to do by checking in with her. What she's really trying to do is try to validate her fucked up relationship with Trevor through them like oh if I can find now that Emmy's okay with Will cheating on her then that gives me more credence to stay with Trevor after he cheated right which is an interesting way to look at it Emmy (laughs) because you're swearing up and down that your man isn't cheating so it's interesting that you think that Maddie's trying to use you and your situation to make her situation feel different that's interesting to me So finally, Grace Lily calls Joe Bradley back to say that shit has gone down between her and Liam. He's been looking at her phone at all hours of the day. He doesn't trust her. They've been cussing and fussing and fighting because of it. So Grace Lily says in a confessional that in the middle of the night, Liam woke her up because he had been going through her phone, found texts from a dude that she was talking to before they were official. Like they were dating, but it was not monogamous sort of situation and he got all upset and how she's never seen that side of Liam before so then after that Maddie goes to check in on Grace who's you know she's in her back porch of her mama's house just charging her crystals in the sun as you do just trying to get herself back trying to get the wavy baby back in Grace Lily and she's like I just don't understand all this change happened with Liam so quickly it was like night and day but Maddie says in a confessional I'm actually not surprised at all because I've seen Liam constantly ask Grace multiple times have you posted me on Instagram have you posted me on stories you need to post me on stories just so that it's out there that that's her man and how insecure that is which is like yuck Grace run from this man like you're talking about you manifested him this is a karmic relationship okay and I know you know what that means so run girl run after that Will goes over to Joe's because he allegedly has a bone to pick about Joe not being the friend to him or the friend that he deserves. Let's put a pin in that. Will comes over to call out Joe for not being the friend to him that he deserves, right? I have to agree with Joe again when he says, as a friend to Will, in this situation, all I can do is warn you that a rumor is happening. But why do I have to be the guy who's squashing all these beefs and clearing it? I'm the manager at Republic, not the manager of your relationship. (laughs) Well, the way Emmy and Will are going about this is so strange. Like, why are you guys mad at everybody else? And Emmy, if you're so sure that he did not cheat on you, then none of this should bother you guys that much. Joe was asked, did Will make out with a girl? He's like, I'm like 99% sure that he didn't. And I feel like that's a pretty high percentage, but I wasn't in the bathroom with them. So I don't know. So he tells Joe, like, first of all, I've got two issues with you. One is the fact that you're friends with Oshin. <laughs> two 
is the makeout rumor. You were the one person who could have like shut all that down. And I feel like you fumbled it. (sighs) Okay, girl. He's like, you guys, it seems like you want me to shout from the rooftops that your relationship is okay. And I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So Joe tells him, look, I really do want to fix things. And Will's also acting like you guys live in 1892 because he's going to law school in a different town. He's like, you know, we need to fix things before I leave because I'm not going to be here if we have an issue. Like, what are are you going on a covered wagon? Hit him up on FaceTime if it's really that deep. Like, and also you'll be in law school. There really shouldn't be any drama. You'll be buried in books, torts and all the other things. So you should be fine. (laughs) The drama of this is like truly Will and Emmy. I was like, why are they back? But then I'm like, okay, now I get it. Like they're annoying. Make no mistake. But they're bringing something stupid to the show. And I appreciate that. I do. (laughs) So like I said, to put a pin in the fact that Will came to confront Joe about not being a good friend, Joe tells him, I will be a good friend to you. I'm going to work on being a better friend. But you know what? I've been really out of my head right recently. My parents are thinking about separating. I just talked to my dad for the first time in three months. Like my family dynamics really fucked up. And Will says in a confessional, you know, like, I didn't know anything about this. Because like guys just want to be bros and they don't want to talk about their feelings. So Will... It sounds like you want Joe to be a better friend to you and a representative for your sterling relationship with Emmy, but you don't know shit about the real things that are happening in his life. And you're just like, man, I'm sorry about that. That sounds really terrible. Like, I don't know how I would react. Yeah, exactly. But then to act like Joe is acting out of sorts about your relationship, like maybe he's really not sticking up for my relationship because his... He's not spoken to his dad. Like, I don't think he's really thinking about you as much as you think he is. I don't think that Joe or anybody are as Will and Emmy centered in their immediate lives as you would like for them to be. So after that, Mia and Emmy meet up for like a little hot girl walk, a catch up with the girlies, right? Emma keeps blabbering on about how solid, I mean, Emmy keeps blabbering on about how solid her relationship with Will is, but that, you know, O'Sheen saw him with a girl on boys night and just assumed the worst. But Mia says, okay, but why would Will go into a bathroom with her? And then she goes, well, if I have to worry about Will being with a member of the opposite sex all the time, then I shouldn't be with him. And Mia's like, okay, but he went into the bathroom with a bottle of rosé, with one girl. And Emma's response is, well, I mean, I... What do you want me to say? That I think he did it? And Mia's like, no, I just don't want you to look stupid if something actually did happen. So Mia says in a confessional, listen, I've known Will for eight years. Like, they're the longest relationship out of this whole friendship group. And she says, this is not out of the realm of possibility for Will. You know, and in Charleston, you're guilty until proven innocent. So then Emmy starts crying about how Will's best friend died in the recent months and then he needed surgery for his arm. And she just doesn't need O'Sheen to be saying things that aren't true. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay. <laughs> I need you to not lie because I sprained my wrist. Okay? So can you back off of me? Then the biggest drama happens. Like, Emmy is really on a tear this episode. Everybody gets to work. And you know how the girls have to wear their little Shein dresses that are all the same color so everybody knows these are the employees of Republic Garden and Lounge, right? Thursdays, they're supposed to be wearing their blue BB dresses instead of those coral pink Shein dresses that they wear. So Emmy gets there. She's in her pink dress. She had gotten a text from Maddie earlier saying, yeah, we're wearing pink tonight. It's Thursday. We're pink. Emmy gets there in her pink dress. She sees one other girl in blue. I thought we were supposed to wear pink tonight. No, I thought Thursday was blue. And then all the other girls start streaming it and they're all wearing blue. So Matt or Emmy is now livid. Livid. We need to talk to Maddie about this. This is an emergency. Because I guess, like, Leva and the other one with the power suits said during one team meeting that Leva's pet peeve about going into a club is not knowing who works there. So she likes everybody to be uniform. Oh, fair enough, right? But Emmy's acting like she's going to get fired immediately for wearing a pink dress. So then she doesn't want to get in trouble with Leva. And Maddie texted her earlier to wear pink. And she's already got this thing with Maddie about, like, Maddie shirking her responsibilities for that man on the bicycle who keeps cheating on her. And she's coming for her crown, okay? So now she's, like, loudly and proudly being like, this is an issue, America. America has a problem. And, like, just going off. Maddie told me to. Maddie told me to. Well, I guess I have to go home. I'm, like, five blocks away from home, so I guess I'll just have to rush. God, this is so stressful. She ends up being driving back home. Maddie ends up finding a dress that's, like, randomly in the back. So she's good. (laughs) She's like, Emmy just makes a mountain out of a molehill. So Emmy goes, she ends up being, like, 17 minutes late. So Leva shows up. She's like, what's what's your deal? Now, mind you, to add to the extra drama, Emmy doesn't go home and change into her blue dress. No, she comes back in the same pink dress, holding the blue dress, to reiterate to Leva, this is why I'm late. See, see, Maddie texted me and still told me to wear pink. So Leva's like, okay, well, obviously you're not in trouble because this is not your fault. Leah, power suit, the manager is like, I laid this out perfectly. Perfectly. Thursdays is blue. Okay. And Maddie is a dead horse with a broken record. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) we have these scenes where I guess we're supposed to like be awed by the glitterati of Charleston, which is literally just random members of Southern Charm showing up to the club. So this time, jump scare, my apologies for JT. JT, who is outside telling Joe Bradley, I used to be the king, and now I pass that down for you to you. Now, granted, I remember in the very beginning of the season of Southern Charm, JT said that he moved to Charleston, like, during the pandemic. So how are you the king of Charleston in a matter of three years, I don't know. I don't know. But we'll move on. The worst part of that at all, at, at the per- worst part of that is that he looks and goes, oh, do you know my friend Landon? But you know Landon. 
Landon, who said on national television that she, maybe I'm in love with you, Shep. And that dolphin laugh of hers. And then try to cozy up to Thomas. And then remember she, we met her, she was living on a boat. She had just recently divorced her, her ex-husband, who was like wealthy. And then her mom really tried to make her feel guilty about like, girl, you should have just like, you fumbled the bag. You had the bag and you gave the bag back. You're stupid, girl. (laughs) You know the game here, girl, and you lost. Okay? You could have been living over in California, doing whatever, pretending to work uh, for Brent Boldhouse at the Hills like she was doing when Heidi first worked there. But no, this is what you get. Frizzy hair in a hot Charleston night, hanging out with JT. So... A lesson in choices <laughs> and always be careful because listen like as a as I've gotten older I remember thinking as a younger girl hearing older women in like their late 30s 40s whatever just being like what do I care like if I want to marry somebody and I'm like not that happy but I'm like perfectly fine I'm just going to do it. And I remember thinking that was like the most horrific thing that I had ever heard. And like, why are we not marrying for this big Disney fairy tale love? And let me tell you, I'm turning 38 next month and I'm thinking, I see their point and I see their point. And so to me, Landon is somebody who is like never really going to be that happy. So you might as well just be like kind of unhappy. You know, like they say, cry in the back of a Rolls Royce instead of a Honda. You know, then that's just all I'm saying. I'm not telling anybody to do this. I'm just saying that maybe her mama was right. Anyway, after that, Emmy is continuing her tirade in the club about how so stressed out she is and how she's just sick of how there's no accountability with Maddie. And she says in a confessional, Maddie doesn't stick up for her team. So now it's just gloves off and she's going to prove to her how bad Maddie is at her job. Oh, granted, Emmy's career aspirations seem to be nothing more than lawyer's wife. So why she's so hell on wheels about this? We're a team. You need to stick up for us. You need to advocate for us. This is a section that I was talking about in season one with Leva. Like, y'all really get into this groupthink mindset of like, you guys are a family. You're a team. We're all in this together. Like, girl, you're hawking bottles of Vouv. Buy two, get one free. And you're coming out with flare guns and little signs that say, Rachel's 25th birthday. Not dead yet, babe. <laughs> like, no shade. <laughs> but shade. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just calm down, girl. Take a breather. Do yoga. Walk around the block. Do a hot girl walk, not with Maddie. Not with Mia, rather. Because that seems to upset you. Even though Mia's my girl, I love her. She's like the only person who's consistently making sense on this show. Thank God. Thank God for that. Anyway, Bradley and Lucia go on a date. And that was all I wrote about that. There was just a lot of giggling. It started off awkward at first. And then it went fine. The waiter asked Lucia in Spanish if that was her boyfriend. And she says, I don't know. We're experimenting. So we'll see. More on that later. So the episode ends with Mia and Emmy first meeting up for coffee. And Mia tells her, God, Emmy, my heart's 
palpitating. I went to talk to Oshin and he mentioned the two girls that y'all were, that they were with on girls night or boys night. Right. And I happened to know one of them. So I texted her about that night and I said, was Will kissing or being inappropriate at all? And the girl responded, absolutely. And then, so Mia's like, okay, but did you see them kiss when they went to the bathroom for 30 minutes? Like for sure. Did you see them kiss on the lips? The girl says a hundred percent. And so Emmy goes, well, I don't trust that girl's opinion. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mia says in a confessional, Emmy has this future planned. Her picture perfect future plan with Will being the stay at home wife to lawyer Will. She does not want anything to get in the way of that. And that I think this is what's going on. Like you guys are ruining my dream. And I don't like that. So then Mia tells Emmy, listen, you don't have to take what I say. Just do whatever you want. Take the information or don't. I'm just giving it to you, girl. That's it. And so Emmy's like, okay, well, I think we should go upstairs. Because for some reason, there seem to be two apartment buildings in Charleston that all of them live in. They're divided amongst. So they happen to be in a coffee shop above TJ's apartment which will also happens to be kicking it with him so they go upstairs to tj's apartment to like talk all of this through all four of y'all <laughs> disaster so they get upstairs mia reads the text to them and will's response is well that's bullshit everybody was fucked up that night and yeah maybe if you look at it from a certain angle it may have looked like we were kissing but what actually was happening is that i was consoling her because we our friend died okay and so are you going to trust some girl that you did a photo shoot with once? Or are you going to trust me? What's going on? So then TJ decides to get real messy and asked Mia, do you believe Will? And Mia's like, well, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. So Emmy tells Mia, I just feel like you have no empathy for the situation. <laughs> and Mia's like, okay, guys, I got to go to work. Bye. <laughs> like, I, I'm not doing this. And t- the episode ends with TJ just going, yay, that was fun. <laughs> And he was dead ass about it. <laughs> TJ's messy. TJ's very, very messy. A stunt, a stunt, and a show. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. Bye.